Hi, my name is Wizzy Brown. And I'm Molly Keck. And we are with the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service Department of Entomology. And this is Bugs by the Yard, where we hope to increase your enthusiasm about bugs in the urban landscape. On this episode of Bugs by the Yard, we're going to be discussing all of the caterpillars that seem to be in the oak trees right now. I know we have a a little seating area outside underneath our oak trees, and when you sit there, there's just all sorts of stuff. I mean, not only caterpillars that that seem to be falling on you, we're also getting ladybug larvae and lacewing larvae, which is good because they're predators, but the caterpillars are just crazy right now. They are. They're making everything happy though. Like the birds are very, very full. So it's a good thing. Yes. Yes. And that, that is something that is excellent to point out because when people talk about caterpillars, we usually talk about a lot of them, especially these ones that turn into kind of, you know, moths that aren't impressive. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you kind of talk about them. Oh, well, they're just defoliators and they're just eating on the foliage. But that's a great point that they actually are food for not only birds, but also lizards and other stuff that's out there. So they do serve a purpose and they do have a benefit. Yeah. Especially right now because it's spring and and there's babies everywhere and those babies need to eat. Definitely enough stuff out there. In my yard, I've been seeing, I think about three different kinds of caterpillars. I've been seeing canker worms and I haven't looked at them closely enough to see if they're spring or fall canker worms because those are both active in the spring and it just depends on emergence and whatnot. What's the difference between them? Are they two different colors? On their, not their true legs, but their pro legs. Their, yeah, their pro legs that are on the back. I think that they have different ones. So let me see, uh, spring canker worms are anywhere from like a yellow green to brown to even like more of a grayish black color. And then they usually have that kind of yellowish white stripe on their body that kind of goes down the sides. And then fall canker worms are usually a light green to kind of a dark green or even sometimes black. And they, they don't have that stripe, but they do differ in the number of pro legs, which are the fake legs, I guess they're like the little protrusions on the tip of, well, it's the abdomen, but you know, you don't really think about that being an abdomen when you're talking about a caterpillar. (laughs) Yeah. The back part of the body. So fall canker worms are going to have three pair of pro legs on the hind part of their body, whereas spring canker worms are going to have two pair. They're a type of inchworm, right? Which is just kind of my understanding is it's just a generic term for a caterpillar that loops up or inches are long. So I guess they use those pro legs to really help them stick and, you know, when they have to push their real legs forward, their head forward. Right. Yeah. And have you ever looked at the pro legs underneath a microscope? No. Well, if you look at them, they have like little, um, they almost look like little crochet hooks or like, um, like cactus hooks or something that kind of help them grip. So they're not true legs, but they do have kind of, I don't know, maybe it's like a Velcro. Yeah. (laughs) That they kind of 
a toenail inch along. Yeah. Ew, toenails gross. <laughs> That's not what I would have thought. I would have thought it would be like a round, like sucker, like a suction cup, oh, like a suction cup. Like yeah. A, um, <laughs> octopus or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so canker worms are like you said, they are inchworms and all of these are going to have the capability of creating silken strands, mm-hmm. but depending on what one you're dealing with, they will use those for different things. So typically with canker worms, the way that I understand it is if they are coming down on that silken strand, they are essentially dropping to the ground and going to pupate because they do pupate in the soil. And Mm -hmm. so if they're dropping to the ground, while it is annoying, because a lot of times they seem to land on your head. Mm -hmm. It's not really a concern because they are, they're done essentially. (laughs) You're not going to see them until the next year, but there is the other ones, um, the oak leaf rollers, Mm -hmm. which are another caterpillar that we're seeing in the trees right now. And they will drop on that silken thread and then they climb back up into the tree and they, I don't know why they drop down, but they just they just they get dislodged. In my opinion, <laughs> they, they are annoying. The wind blows and they fall down, or uh, you know, they get scared and they tumble down. I guess they're able to spin that silk really fast because you would think that unless it just grabs onto something as they're falling, I, I don't know. But well, I wonder if they put like a little, I don't know, like an anchoring silk red just just in case something happens that they would get knocked out of the tree and then they kind of. I don't know, like a rock climber or something they've got. Maybe so. Those ones are so interesting to me because they, well, I know you, you'll read things like they can cause major defoliation of trees, but if you got a live oak, you know, most people have very, very old live oaks that are very well established and are gigantic. And I, even when we have giant outbreak years, I've never seen where they've defoliated a tree or they've caused significant defoliation. So I consider them to be just a nuisance, but they can be a major nuisance. Like they can stain sidewalks and patio furniture and cars and, you know, make it so you don't want to spend any time outside if their populations are super duper high. But I have not seen that since like 2006 or something. They were crazy that year. I remember people calling in and they were saying how their patio furniture was completely covered with webbing from the spring canker worm or not the spring canker worms, the oak leaf rollers. And they're just like, could not go outside because there were so many of them. It was insane. It was like tinsel coming out of the trees, like shiny. And it was pretty cool. I mean, it was impressive for an entomologist. If you enjoyed your time outside, you probably didn't enjoy it, but it was crazy. I've never seen it like that since. And I don't know if we ever will again. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing because we, you know, we had a pretty bad canker worm year last year in 2021, you know, Mm -hmm. they seem to be crazy and there's so many people, well, is it going to be like that again? And it, you really don't know when you're going to have those outbreak populations. They can be really hard to determine just because it's really based on environmental conditions. And that's going to focus what the plants are doing and how the foliage is and the survival rates of different things. And, 
you know, then you have the predators and parasites that have pressure. And so those populations play in, and there's so many factors that play into those population numbers and it's really hard to predict. So usually my answer is, I don't know. We're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah. I don't have a crystal ball. I can't see the future. I could make so much money if I could. Couldn't we? (laughs) When we're talking about the canker worms, let's go back to that for a minute. They are going to, again, they have chewing mouth parts. They are going to feed on foliage. And a lot of times with them, they are going to feed on generally like buds or leaves that are just emerging out of the tree. So on oak trees, you know, I have live oak trees in my front yard and they drop their leaves. And so those new leaves that are coming out, that is really what those canker worms are targeting. Because if you think about a new oak leaf as it's emerging out, it's real tender, whereas Mm. the older oak leaves are kind of waxy and hardened and it's a little more difficult for those smaller caterpillars to really feed on that hard foliage as opposed like to a, new stuff. Like, it's like eating a freshly cooked right off the grill tortilla versus a more stale one. You know, yes. you want the, you want the fresh soft one. <laughs> Always. Do they, do they only, is, is our oak trees their only food source or do they have other, do they care? Don't. Oh, I'm reading it. Oak and elm trees are some of the more commonly attacked trees, which makes sense to me because like your, I'm assuming cedar elm is an elm. Yes. Uh, but they like your oaks and your cedar elms, at least in my yard, come out with that new growth at the same time. Yeah. But I guess they don't care. I, I guess we just think of them as being in live oaks. Cause that's at least where we're both from. That's like the primary tree here. Right. It's predominant. <laughs> Everybody has a live oak tree somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> Or you're walking underneath one as you're walking on the green belt or whatever. Like we said, these, while they can cause damage to the trees because they eat the foliage, they are more of what we consider a nuisance pest. Now, if you have a oak tree that you just planted and it's small and it's new and it needs to grow that might be an issue and you might want to consider treating that in that case. And we'll talk about treatment options in a minute, but if you're talking about a mature Oak tree and you've got the canker worms, that is in my opinion, strictly nuisance. They're Mm -hmm. not going to wipe out the tree because that tree is plenty healthy. It's plenty big. And plus, if you're trying to treat that, how, Yeah, you (laughs) you got this, giant tree. Obviously you as a homeowner, aren't going to be able to do that. If you are a professional of some sort and you have certain types of equipment that might be more feasible for you, but is that even justified when you're talking about cost and things like that? Because they're really not going to cause that much damage in my opinion. I agree. I completely agree. The tree is just going to, you know, kind of leaf back out. So people always say, but the caterpillar is the the form that eats the trees, but then they turn into a butterfly or a moth. It could be a pollinator, but these guys, usually most of the caterpillars that feed on trees or are like economically important, they defoliate and they damage will turn into ugly, boring moths that probably don't even feed. They just find a mate, lay eggs and die. And I'm sure these are probably similar where they don't 
there's so little feeding that happens that the pollinating they may do is minimal compared to any damage they do. So if you do happen to step on them or you do need to kill them off of that young live oak, you're not getting rid of a really important pollinator. Right. If you do have a young tree that you are trying to protect, of course, if you don't want to use pesticides, you can drape that tree and kind of fix it with, and of course, this is before the caterpillars get on. You don't want to protect them on the tree, but you can put like a row cover or something over it. That's going to allow sunlight and water to penetrate that area, but that it's not going to allow those caterpillars to get to the foliage. Now, if you're talking chemical treatment, probably what I would go with first is the Bacillus thuringiensis kerstocki. Yes. And that's going to target caterpillars only. So it's, in my opinion, a, a win-win there because you're going to protect your beneficials with that. And it's going to get that caterpillar and it's going to die. The way that the BT Kerstocki works, and this of course is going to apply for the next insects that we're going to talk about too, because they are also caterpillars, but the BT Kerstocki is going to essentially, it has to be ingested. And so when they do that, they ingest it and it crystallizes in the digestive tract. And essentially those crystalline structures are going to damage the lining of the digestive tract. And that causes them to stop feeding, which you know, I think that's kind of super cool in mm-hmm. my opinion, but you know, basically their guts kind of blow up inside, right? Like they, yeah. they get really terrible diarrhea that doesn't come out. It just comes inside their body. It's like, a horrible way to die. So you feel really good about it if you hate them. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, if you don't want to go with the BT Kerstocki, my next one would probably be spinosad because that's also going to help protect some of those beneficials. And that is going to be another product that has to be ingested, um, to work best. It also works by contact a little bit, but it works best if it's ingested. And so it's going to be more selectively active on things that eat lots of foliage. So you would, for both of these products, if you're using them, you would need to get good coverage of the foliage. So when those caterpillars feed on the plant, they're going to get a dose of that. And of course, if you have areas in there where you are trying to grow caterpillars that are nearby these trees, a butterfly garden that you're trying to, you know, have monarchs or something like that, watch drift and make sure that that's, those products don't get onto those plants because that could also then kill those caterpillars as well because they don't differentiate between mm-hmm. caterpillars that you want and caterpillars that you don't want. Yeah. I think BT is so amazing that it only controls caterpillars. It's very, very host specific. You can feel very confident that you didn't hurt anything else, birds, lizards, anything. The spores only affect the gut of a caterpillar, which is, I mean, that's crazy to me. It's also amazing. Who came up with this? It's like science is just so fascinating to me. It's just that they discovered that and that it's so specific to caterpillars. That's one of those products. If you have a caterpillar problem, take advantage of using something like that, because then you're going to conserve all of those other insects. Right. The next caterpillar we alluded to previously and the, the massive outbreak that we had in previous years, and those are the oak leaf rollers. And those are going to look different from canker worms. 
they actually have a well-defined head capsule that is like a dark brown, black, blackish color, depending on, I guess, the, the caterpillar. Yeah. I mean, they're like people, right? We all have different skin tones. So yeah. Insects and vary color too. also will vary. So I've seen them where they're kind of like a creamy white to mm-hmm. a yellowish to some even being like a, a pale green color. Yeah. Yeah. And then they do have little legs that are very obvious. Their legs are, are dark and they don't have any pro legs, which will differentiate them from those canker worms. So they don't have the little fleshy protuberances on the tip of their abdomen. And they don't make that little inching movement okay. where they scrunch up as they're walking along like inchworms. Very similar to the canker worms. They're doing essentially the same thing. It's just a different type of caterpillar. And that is going to be, they feed on the foliage of the trees. And we're talking about, they, these are oak leaf caterpillars. So a lot of times you're going to see them on oak trees. On probably various species of oak trees too, but a live oak being the most common one, but there's lots of other species. So if you live in an area, maybe with more red oak, you may see them on that. Right. Or we have a Monterey oak in our backyard. And so they can get on those too. Again, there's so many oak trees that we have in Texas that there's plenty of food for them all over the place. And, and plenty to share. It's the cycle of life. Like these things were around before we built our house right next to that oak tree. And they ate that before we worried about that oak tree. So you don't always have to intervene. Right. Let them do their thing and move on down the road. Right. Wait them out. Yeah. These again, I consider more of a nuisance unless we have those massive Mm -hmm outbreaks, like we mentioned before, where they can actually defoliate the tree. I wonder if there's a correlation between those big giant outbreaks and like how many birds survive, you know, clutches of birds because there's so much more food for the offspring. I'm sure there is, I don't know who would be documenting that, but that would be kind of interesting to see. And that would be a really cool project. If that hasn't already been done, something that we didn't mention with the Canker worms, the spring and fall canker worms and the oak leaf rollers, those all have one generation per year. So there's only one of the caterpillar outbreaks or they're only there once and then you won't see them again until the following year. The fall canker worm can come out either in the spring or in the fall? The spring and fall canker worm are out in the springtime. It's just dependent on when the adults emerge. So with spring cankerworms, the adults emerge in the spring and and the fall cankerworms, the adults emerge in the fall. And so the fall cankerworms have their adults emerging. They mate, they lay eggs and those eggs are the overwintering stage. But in the spring Mm -hmm. cankerworms, they are overwintering as pupa emerge out as adults in the spring, lay eggs, those emerge and go about their business. Interesting. Oak leaf rollers emerge out essentially similar times um, as the canker worms. They usually start kind of March-ish 
and go through April to early May. Again, that's really going to depend on weather. Depends on our winter when our spring actually starts. Right. And that can vary. And it also is going to vary depending on where you are in Texas. So if you're in South parts of Texas, then it's going to kind of be kicked up a little bit earlier. If you're up towards the panhandle, then that is going to be a little bit later. It just kind of all over the place. And Mm -hmm. with oak leaf rollers, they are not just feeding on oaks. They can also get on hackberry, which again is everywhere. Uh, pecan again, Mm -hmm. which is another one that's everywhere. Yeah. And then also on walnut trees. If you do have issues with those and you want to do some management, the BT that we talked about would be your best option. And when Mm -hmm. I say BT, that's short for Bacillus thuringiensis. Mm -hmm. And then the next one would probably be stepping up with the spinosad. And they're called rollers because when they pupate, they roll the oak leaf around them like a little sleeping bag and they have silk. It's kind of like a cotton ball mess in there, but they have the oak leaf, like a taco around their body to protect themselves. So that's how they get that name. So the last one that I've been seeing in my yard are, in my opinion, the prettiest caterpillars that I've been seeing right now. And those are going to be the forest tent caterpillars. They are going to be larger than the canker worms and the oak leaf rollers. They can get up to two inches when they are fully grown, whereas the other ones are an inch or less. And the cool thing about the forest tent caterpillars is the coloration. Mm -hmm. They are going to be this really pretty blue with black markings. And then they also have kind of these brownish orange stripes on the body. And then along the top, depending on your imagination and what you think, some people say that they have white keyhole markings. Some people say they look like white footprints. It just, Mm -hmm. again, but there's like white Mm -hmm. blotches of color along the top of their back. And these do have hairs on their body, whereas the canker worms and the oak leaf rollers do not have hairs on their body. But these aren't really caterpillars that are considered to be stinging caterpillars. It could be that the hairs are irritating to you, depending on how sensitive your skin is and where they're Mm -hmm. touching you. But it's not a quote unquote stinging caterpillar like you would think a asp or a saddleback caterpillar or something is. I have a stinging caterpillar that's all over my place right now, the For whatever reason in San Antonio for the past three years, started in 2020, we got Eastern buck moths. I didn't even know what they were until I stepped on one the other day. It, they also explode. They're pretty, they're pretty gross. They're, they're waning. Like, like 2020, they were everywhere. I'd go for a run and I, like every other step I could smash one on the concrete. And then last year was a little bit less than that. And this year there's even less. So Maybe it will never, I never saw them before, so I may never see them again. With forest tent caterpillars, these are going to emerge usually late April into May. And so they're a little bit different in their life cycle, but they do tend to overlap the oak leaf rollers and the canker worms, depending on how much you're paying attention to your yard, I guess. Mm -hmm. But they are going to, again, be a foliage feeder. And they feed on a variety of broadleaf trees. And usually they're out there feeding for about, 
a month and a half, two months, and then they are going to go pupate and you won't see them again until the following year. So that's a, a good thing. Again, this is a one generation per year insect. Tent caterpillars normally wrap the tree. There's multiple species of tent caterpillars, right? Yes. And they normally wrap the tree with silk, like where like two branches branch. Usually when people think of tent caterpillars, they make the silken like a hammock mat or resting area. I don't know what to call it, Yeah, but it's usually where two branches join together, but the forest tent caterpillars are different in that they are going to make their silken mat Mm -hmm. on large branches or the trunk of the tree. They use that silken mat as a place to rest overnight. So during the day, they'll be out on the foliage feeding on the plant. And then at night, they go back to that silken mat and they cluster in that area and hang out. Do they go under it between the mat and the bark or do they sit on top of it like a cushion? Ones that I've seen, they're just kind of hanging out on top. Okay. (laughs) How weird. Maybe they can quickly scuttle underneath if there's danger. I get those in our yard, but I've never seen the mats. Mine must make mats high up, like on a big branch instead of on the trunk. In my opinion, that would be safer because they're not as obvious. Yeah. (laughs) Caterpillars are going to essentially be done eating around the end of June. And so that's when they will go and pupate and they do spin a silken cocoon just like you think with butterflies and whatnot. And then the adults will actually emerge out in July and they're a drab brown-ish moth. (laughs) Not exciting. This is one of the few ones that are prettier as a caterpillar than they are as the, the moth. It's kind of unusual to have that true, that blue color in nature, you know? I mean, there's blue bonnets and there's other things, but that's more, the blues that you see are to me are more purple. This is blue. Yes. This is blue, blue, blue. It's, oh, it's gorgeous. I love it. It's You have to get up close to see it because from far away, they just look like black and white striped things, but up close, they're pretty. But again, the adults, they, they live for not even a week and their job is essentially mating, laying eggs, and then they die. And eggs are going to be laid in masses on smaller twigs and stuff. It's actually kind of cool the way that the egg mass is because it's in this cylindrical shape and the eggs are kind of encircling the twig. So it just, I don't know, it kind of looks like, imagine caviar and you put it in this like smooth cylinder around a tree branch. That's kind of what it reminds me of. (laughs) The eggs, they're like a grayish brown color that helps them blend in with the twigs. So that totally makes sense that it would be that kind of drab color. But those eggs are going to be then on that tree from July until the following year when they will hatch out. So if you have a problem with forest tent caterpillars, something that you can do is if you don't want to treat the caterpillars themselves with a BT product, you could do a horticultural oil on the tree during the winter time when it's not actively growing. And then that can suffocate those egg masses. And that would be a way to control them as well. 
if you're a homeowner, don't worry about them. The only time when I think we would ever really strongly recommend somebody do something is if you were a grower and you had small pots or whatever of oaks that were very young that you don't want to have any kind of damage to because that's your livelihood and you're trying to sell those to customers. But, you know, in your own backyard, just let nature do nature. Right. And there are natural controls for all of these caterpillars. There's like we said, you know, them getting knocked out of the tree by weather conditions. There's obviously birds and lizards wasps, and wasps yeah. and all sorts of stuff that are going to eat them. But there are also parasitoids of wasps and flies that can attack different stages of these, whether it's the egg or the larvae. And they essentially will lay their egg inside of it, and then it develops from the inside out. And then there's also mm-hmm. viruses that can wipe these out. I've had calls from people on uh, melting caterpillars before, and I had no idea what they were talking about. I'm like, why would a caterpillar be melting? And here they were talking about a caterpillar that actually was infested with a virus. And so it was in that kind of stage of decay Uh, where the virus has killed the caterpillar and it's starting to kind of decay and then it breaks open to spread that virus more over the surface of the plant so it can then be eaten and start its cycle again. So there are the differing things that can help to manage these. And you have to really keep that in mind. You know, nature is really setting its checks and balances for itself. And so if you don't interfere, then a lot of this stuff just kind of balances Mm -hmm. out on its own. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Bugs by the Yard. We hope that you learned a little bit more information about those caterpillars that may be plaguing you when you're sitting underneath an oak tree at this time of the year. But keep in mind, those caterpillars are beneficial in the sense of they are food for other animals and they really aren't going to cause much damage to a mature tree. So control may or may not be needed. Definitely keep that in mind. If you need more information, please feel free to go to extensionentomology.tamu.edu. Thanks so much for listening.